think he's already there. Champion of the night. The dark. You had me at. Okay, so that was great. Uh, we we all had some time to go pee, and just we got a lot of stuff out of, off of our chest there. Yeah, you we know, did. fifteen episodes of a show plus another show, going pee, taking breaks. <laughs> it's vital. Where it's vital to the vital. It's vital to the chemistry. Kind of vital. part of the thing. It absolutely it really is. is. It's part of the groove. It's part of part of the, the momentum. The chemist. Yes. Chemist premise. Chemistraw. I hate you guys. Yeah. <laughs> we get Fuck it. that. You don't. I know. You can't quit us. You guys are all fucked up on this nasty ass whiskey. Can't quit me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I I'm know. actually feeling pretty good. I'm feeling fucking Tim crushed great. it. Feeling great. <laughs> I had, all crushed I just it had, more than anything I've ever seen. I've just had ginger yeah. ale. Yeah. I had one tongue dip of whiskey, and, and I have felt And your garpy. dick fell off. Yeah, and I felt garpy this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that one got Paul. Yeah, I'd like to order a cup, two tongue dips, please. <laughs> make it <Yeah>. garpy. <laughs> I'd like two tongue dips, make it garpy, please. Yeah. <laughs> Heavy on the garp. Hey, um, Ted, Here what the, go. what, this chick mm. wanted... What is a what is it make it garpy? Oh, oh, you know. Oh, you know. Garpy. Garpy. Gar- garpy. Uh, oh, yeah. T- uh, yeah, definitely at least two tongue dips. <laughs> the old Fuck dip. You. Uh, we're back I'm with my favorite genius. tongue dips, the the, <laughs> the awakening crew. <laughs> garpy, garpy and the tongue dips. It's like a doo-wop. Oh my god. Oh my god, I love it. I'm going to write it down. <laughs> Wop. Wop. It's a what do wop wop. It's poo flop flop. <laughs> poop. Ew. Poop. Plop, a poop flop flop flop. A poop flop flop. Flop flop. Met her on a Monday and her name was Charity. A poop flop flop flop. A poop flop flop. I think now's as great a time as any to thank our significant others for. Firstly, I'm dealing I think with this. Most Jesus importantly, fuck. can we all here just really admire uh, Sarah Monroe really quick? Yes, yes. please. What? Yeah. First of all, Where is that what angel? a goddess! What Where is that a angel? Supreme... What an angel! She puts up with so much loud, so mature and understanding. Yeah. And... weekends Dude, of idiocy in I her thought, home. Uh, I thought I saw Sarah driving around town the other day, and I was like, she was turned, so she was stopped at a stoplight and was like about to turn. And go the opposite direction that I was going. And so she was stopped at the stoplight, and I was stopped at the stoplight, and I saw her, and I was like honking and <laughs> waving. Nice. And I was like, that's Sarah! That's Sarah! And then I looked, and she had like two very small children in the back seat, and I was like, that's not Sarah. <laughs> That is not Sarah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Just roll down the window. Yeah. You just you, you're honking and you just kind of start looking around yeah. like who the Who's fuck's honking? honking? Yeah, Who's that yeah. fucking? She turned and like as she turned into the other lane, she just like eyeballed me the whole time, and I was like, I'm not Sarah. Not Sarah. <laughs> That's Never not gleam. That's no gleam. Yeah. Um, if you thought Jason was cool, his wife is actually way cooler. Way so. cooler. She just uh, makes things cool. <laughs> She's great though. She like put up with uh, us just walking into your home oh, um, yeah. on Saturdays to record this monopolize your basement. Tim and I so. barely yeah. knock anymore. True. I don't. Yeah. I kind of knock as I'm opening the, the compound door. Compound smells its own. 
and the door unlocks and on lets, its own. Yeah, just lets yeah. us in, opens its mouth, opens right. its tongue dip. <laughs> I just don't like it's it. It's gaping maw. Um, so I just wanted to shout out to Sarah. Tim thinks I'm Thanks. way funnier when he's drunk, and that makes me happy. I, I think you're funny when I'm sober. I just can't laugh until I'm drunk. Aw. <laughs> it's because you're dead inside. It's a defense mechanism. Aw. Can't see me vulnerable. That's right. Then they'll take advantage of That's me. That's right. And I'll be broken. Yes, exactly. Vulnerable? Yes. Vulnerable. So episode okay. 14. Here we are. Great. Jesus. This is what I want you all to know. I wrote down episode 14, four. and I wrote down Fuck. Orzak Vision. And then I wrote down Orzak Vision equals... Big ass snake, yes. big ass son, so big ass dad. Great, Paul. And so mm-hmm. Jason comes down. onto the show, and uh, Jason <laughs> and go. Paul okay. have a rapport uh, outside of uh, you know our kind of uh, improv circle, I guess. Mm-hmm. And was was that where you guys came up with this ah. vision? No, I'm no. I think I well, did most of it, right? I actually came. I came up with the snake. Yeah, the as mythology. The was mythology totally of the you. birth of the earth of the the their earth their world through this snake, and it was. Uh, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was like this great serpent kind of thing. I think Paul, um, your but you took it your and your you ran. exposition and your narrative of. Tying the symbol of the snake with the symbol of birth mm-hmm. was a pretty fucking unique. I don't think I've seen it articulated in quite the Thank same you. way. Thank you. Bad that matters ass. a lot. Um, I think, you know, that I'm only as good as what the players that are at the table, like the... I mean, all of this is not me. Like, I have a lot of editorial control, but ultimately... If I'm not editing stuff that isn't great, then it doesn't matter if I have a good idea. Um, None of that would have been even remotely possible had Jason not spent a ton of time offline coming up with really intricate and complicated mythos and mythologies around these people. Same with Ornella's father. Like None of that drama would have occurred had Ornella not dug in and like made that stuff matter. Mm -hmm. Because I could spend all day making weird soap opera e melodrama but it doesn't connect to anything mm-hmm. but it totally connected to the stakes that we had already established and Did, like so, if you hadn't spent time with Ballarat like right. again all of that mythos and stuff would not have really made mattered at all seeing a uh, um uh cosmology through multiple lenses is really the way you should do it it's pretty cool actually yeah cuz that's the way it is right every culture it's like you this idea that there's different. one right or wrong way is bullshit. Every culture is going to have their own angle, and I think that's really cool. Um, but after what you were saying, I want to definitely say this. I want to say as players out there, if you're trying to figure out what you can do to step up your game, fucking dive into your character so deep that it hurts. Like Get in there and figure out what you think is... Don't ever go to a DM and go and apologize for handing them a bunch of material that makes your character really mm-hmm. depth have depth because it's going to make their not. job so much easier and more interesting. And if you're a player who doesn't feel comfortable doing that, fine. But just understand that if there's a player out there investing, a person in your group that's investing the time to really flush out their character, then they deserve that spotlight. You know, that 
it, it's important because it, a game isn't just the DM plan. You know, if you want to play modules all day long, go for it. That's yeah. great. But yeah. if you really want to get into the spirit of what D&D started as, you fucking play homebrew. You fucking play, yeah. make your own worlds right. and spend time figuring out who your character was, spend time figuring out who your character's parents and were, it, all I, that shit. Again, thinking of the mindset of Gary Gygax, yes. who was really mm. into the war scenarios mm-hmm. and 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 knowing what those battles meant for the larger stakes as well as the personal journey of each individual soldier who is only represented as a a team or a regiment that like each soldier played a role in that battle did you get it uh-huh. Uh that I'm sorry. I'm gonna throw well up. no 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 don't apologize that dovetails nicely into um this next segment. So Ooh. before episode 14, we get to Ornella's flashback, yes. which was something that Jared had messaged me privately via email about a, uh, Hey, I want to come up with this like complicated history with my father that like, <laughs> I feel like I should have been emailing more. The more I hear about what was <laughs> happening while we were playing that I was not doing. I mean, <laughs> it's a sub game. Yeah. I yeah. did not email Paul <laughs> once. It was all Facebook messenger. <laughs> okay, I do okay. not have Paul's email address. Yes. Yes. I think it's mm, Paul. It was a lot of Google docs. Yeah. First book massage. Yeah. Yeah. So email just makes it sound so businessy. Okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> what? Just say it. It sounds old. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> old like Jason. Yes. Jason is old. I am We old. have one old member of our oh. cast. If he catches Jason. coronavirus, like he Jason. will probably <laughs> die. Are you happy? Is that what you He's wanted me to say? I didn't want to say Jason. it. He's super you, old. You pushed me to do I need that. The, I need old. the child to stand up to the parent. <laughs> joking. <laughs> So Charity sends via uh, Pigeon Gram um, over the wire um, an idea to humanize her father because up until now, like her dad has been semi one dimensional and that he's been this sort of self Mm -hmm. selfish archetype or uh, architect of this. And we've done some humanizing of villains already. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So uh, so Charity uh, sends me this draft of a story that. Ornella was a kid. She was out fucking around, like just being a rich, spoiled brat, and she accidentally burns down like a farm. No, it was intentional. So Ornella was being a pooper. The, the story, yeah, the story well, was because she Ornella thought was she understood, young, right? Or Ornella was a young, probably fifteen or sixteen, uh, in the noble world. She was getting ready to be made like a match. Uh, she didn't want that. She didn't want her life to be laid out for her to be predetermined and so she goes do you know what do you remember the name of who you were matched to no Taryn <laughs> oh good <laughs> good you know like Varen but with the T oh T-E-R-R-I-N is what I have written down oh. from you please continue anyway uh, and so and, and Ornella doesn't want and, and, and so the, this gentleman that she was going to be matched with is from a family who uh, owns a lot of farmland and was like charging the poor people in town like a ton of money for this. She was, he was like fucking over the poor people in town and they were just like generally pretty shady people. She was not about that. So she goes and she burns down all of their crops, which was like acres upon acres of farmland, uh, thinking that, you know, that would like teach them a lesson. And she was, she was doing the hard job of the people 
uh, but obviously did not think of the further consequences. Right. Which I really appreciated. Like, if you're an anti-capitalist or an anti-mercantilist, the first thing you're going to do is try to destroy the capital, Mm -hmm. the commodity, the thing that perpetuates the system, the trade. And that's the first thing that she does is like, I don't approve of this system. I'm going to tear it down. I'm going to go right for the mechanism of trade. Right. And she's immediately presented with, you didn't fix anything. Right. In so, fact, you made a lot of pe- poor people hungry. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. The people if anything, you thought you, you were You made everything worse. Right. So she, so she burns down these crops. She gets caught. She gets taken to the Alalian dungeon, uh, and someone is sent after her. And this whole time, she's sitting and waiting, and she doesn't know who the fuck's going to show up. Right. To come get her or to whatever. And who comes down the dungeon stairs is Papa Aldridge. Aldridge. Daddy, so Sandbridge. at this point in the story, we are we are confronted with the stakes of the largest arc, the biggest like philosophical argument, and then we're presented with this microcosm where you think you know what the right thing is, you think you know what the what's best ideal and, are, mm-hmm. you know, and that this is the battle, but like you make a choice, and it ultimately hurts the people that you were trying to help. Exactly, and that sets up this uh. later ending for us that like you think you think you know but you fucking don't don't well when you combine that with the vision of her ruling over this world right what it says is like at this point because of that vision she could easily make the choice to i'm not going to try to defend this now because i may make it worse for everybody here if i stop this yeah at least if this thing comes through I could be in charge. Paralyzed by indecision. Right. Yeah. So, so Daddy, Daddy yeah. Sandbridge comes. Debbie Sandbridge films. Debbie Sandbridge films. <laughs> and uh, I, Ornella expects him to lose it and blow his top and yeah. freak out. And he does. But he ends up, again, we were trying to humanize him. He, he picks her up off the ground says, you know, you remind me so much of your mother. But yeah, also Ornella, confronted with her worst fear, doesn't react the way that she thought she would. Right. That's true. It was true. so good. It was, I mean, it was such a fun scene to play out. And speaking as someone with a ton of daddy issues, this yeah, was... Tell me about it. <laughs> this was a fun way, um, specifically <clears throat> in my relationship with my father, which was, like, antagonistic up until, like, I was able to pay for things myself and like become self-sufficient. But I always saw my father as someone who constantly was like bailing me out of trouble and like was always disappointed in decisions that I had made. Yep. And that, I mean, fuck like Dungeons and Dragons guys. Like, I mean, (laughs) fuck like you think it's about nothing, but it's, it's, it's the real world. You know, it's the fucking, it's real shit. All right, Alex Jones. For real. Turn the frogs gate. (laughs) But I, but I think uh, charity. So, our uh, ability to craft this narrative together uh, mm-hmm. through this vehicle of our own <laughs> uh, issues in our families was mm-hmm. a really, for me, it was a therapeutic exercise, but Definitely. it was also really cool to create this lore and this mythos around this thing and, you know, 
it's just a story that we get to tell. Yeah. It's just a story. It is. <laughs> it's it's just a story. This Guys, precedes that more than anything that like all of art, all of what we're trying to do here, like, yeah, it doesn't have to mean anything, but it does. It fucking does. Oh, it totally and does. you know it does. Your characters always my my characters are always some reflection of myself. Yeah. There's gotta be something. It's based in some kind of reality. <laughs> Jason, um, yeah. Oh, all of my characters are based I'm on listening. my no, no, different no. personalities. I was just going to say, so this is the episode <laughs> where you get characters. to kill your father's killer. Oh, yeah. man, what a battle. This is the epic battle that is an episode before the season finale. Um, right. So you, you, uh, the 99th is that, Legion. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Jesus. 15. Uh, I'm on, I'm on 14. 14. Dad and oh. then there was episode 15 where we kind of was the really the last moment for us to get our shit in order. Yeah, yeah but and that was like, So I, I got timelines skewed. I think 13, yeah, 13 is the battle. Yes. So I want to touch on that before we go too farther, yeah. too much farther down the daddy rabbit hole. Daddy hole. Orzok. Daddy hole. Down the daddy hole. Oh Orzok, you, <laughs> you fought... Uh, um, yeah, so the whole idea was, remember, when we talked about this, like, how does this guy get to Morsang prison? How does this make sense? And the idea was that the northern armies came through, and uh, none of this actually, I don't think any of this made it into the none game. So this is all back background. So the, once again, giving depth. So the idea is that the northern army spent so much time campaigning in the south, and it's basically like occupation uh, you know, the American soldiers coming across the continent in, in, in uh, uh, Northern America. It's the Spanish into South America. It's that kind of thing, this occupying force that is now this presence there that will never leave. We, we and, find this out because we get introduced to your village and we find out how you are different from right. the people in your village. Correct. And, and the idea is that he, he, his father and himself have a belief that if we can enlist ourselves in their forces and engender ourselves into them, we can misdirect them away from all of our our people's travels as nomads and try to keep them away from the other villages, but we can have them campaign against some of these savages that live down here and stuff. We're going to do that. But what happens is they, we, they, 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 Orzak and his father and a bunch of these different baraboonies come in, they're offering themselves. It's like the scouts to the Western expansion, like the Comanche and these different people that would actually help in a, they were really trying to help the Americans to make sure that they didn't lose their culture. So it was the like Americans. This, yes. It was this choice, right? It, to the, in, in this whole thing. So they end up helping the Northerners. And at the end of it, the Northerners just slaughtered them at the end. Cause it's like, well, the means to the end, we've got what we yep. need. So this guy, Gregor kills his father Orzok kills like five or six of his troop. And Orzok really more actually is more of like a uh, kind of a crazy horse symbol where he leads a small revolt that fails. And they kill everybody and they realize that when they killed his father, they made a mistake by making a martyr for people to rally behind. So they grabbed Orzok and said, he's not going to die. He's just no longer with you. And they throw him in more sank. Right. So the people, because he's not dead, they don't have that memory to rally behind. And then he, they, he becomes a lost son that they lose hope against rather than rallying behind. And that was the whole idea behind that. So when this guy comes forth, it's like he's it, it, it's like the personification of the person that ended his culture. And so he's like 
fucking just loses his shit. But that's when he had those gifts, and that's how he found and went deeper into his totem yeah. self and got that ability to actually embody the, the totem t- the that Takari. he follows. He represents the like absolute value, the negative of what Orzok is capable of and his total potential. He stripped him of everything, his father, his culture, and put him in Morsink where we find him. And he, so he represents the absolute power that is opposite of what Orzok is capable of. Right. And so up to this episode, we have tons of great Orzok action sequences where he's totally fucking Definitely. shit up. But then we get this, this epic battle where it's like, okay, you think you're a hot shot. Let's fucking see it. And it, it just so it was so great at setting up the stakes and for this battle. I am honestly so surprised that we survived that. It was battle. dangerous. Fight. The saucer between the, the saucer. Saucer. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the saucer was fucking crazy balls. Yep. yep. And the Vulfin and this motherfucker Those and pack tactics and yeah, the pack was... pack tactics. And then there was Adva- advantage on like basically every attack roll. As yeah, there's another one there. Yeah, yeah. and then there rough. was there was other things that spawned. Once we were like, okay, we like reached a point where we were like, okay, we got enough of these fuckers dead. We we we're good. We're good. And, and we started to relax. More. And then you were like, no, here you go. It was crazy. No, it was a great it was a great episode because it it again reinforced this sort of against all odds mentality yeah. that yep. we've been playing with the whole time. You you eventually route the uh, 99th Legion and are left with finding the lone survivor of this group, Aldrich. And th- that's So that is the end of episode 13 that leads into 14, which I titled Daddy Issues, um, <laughs> which is where Orzok's epic vision comes into play, the, yes. the serpent eating yep. the sun, seeing your own father oh, in this vision. Oh, that's the vision. Yes. That's the vision I wrote down. Oh, yeah, big-ass dad. That's yeah, what I wrote this down. This is where things start happening really fast. So Yes, yeah. it really just kind of... Aldridge kind of info dumps to you guys about... Uh, but what's cool is that everyone is so cold to him. He's like... Again, he's he's your father, but everyone treats him like this leper, rightly so. But it, I mean, he's this noble that's been cast out and is a, a fish out of water, someone that doesn't know what to do or how to do much of anything anymore. Um, we get, uh, so Aldridge's info dump is the queen. Queen says that she had killed your siblings, Ornella, um, mm. that they burned um, his house, their, their house down, their mansion that they had in the, uh, nice part of a lol, and um, he sort of outlines what Toyd's plans are now. That yeah. Toyd has been working for a while to create disruption and chaos amongst the Queen's forces, so that he can swoop in, utilize that chaos for his own means. Um, traveling back to the uh, Barabundi camp um, as quick as possible. This is where we come. The gold or the Dragon Knight guy? Or whatever. Yeah, the yeah. corrupted the the crab dragon. Crab Drago. Crab. Yeah, Crab Dragon. I wrote that down. Crab, and crab Preacher Dragon. So we, Harbeck if gets I remember, there first. Yeah, yes. Because he's flying. He's flying ahead. And Harbeck is with... That's so fucking cool. Yeah, because you brought uh, Aldrich with you. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, I yeah. Him. Underneath. Yes. In a little... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I Honestly, that was one of those things that, like, at that time, I couldn't... I had a hard time reconciling the decision to bring him along, keep him alive. I, it was like the moment when you decided to split the group, 
or when you just do something, I just, I, or, or you intentionally go with a bad decision. I kind of just went like, I'm just going to intentionally let the group take this. I'm going to not be Orzok for a little bit because Orzok would not have brought him back. He would not have done that. He would not, he would have killed the guy immediately, especially when, when I was trying to downplay the, if you remember, I was having trouble coming out of my oh, yeah, frenzy. You, yeah. I actually failed my role. Right. And I'm like, I will kill this person. There's no way that I can't. But I'm like, I, you for the story. Yeah, for the story purposes, I shifted it towards you rather than him. And it was, I don't know. But anyway. That was such a hard decision for me. Oh, it was cool. The person and Ornella, the character to deal with, too. Right. For me, it paralleled the decision to break off from the group. I right. bring back this figure who is so controversial. And controversial to not have both of you destroy him, <clears throat> you know. Mm-hmm. He offers some value. Still, I mean, I think, and I think it plays into the idea that at your core, I think uh, life or, has or uh, Harbeck still values life, right? And e- even if it takes a repugnant or repulsive form, sure, you end up running into this dragon, this uh, crab dragon, and the dragon rider that you had saw in episode six that we talked about, like. Three hours ago, or however long Fully it's been. Loaded. It wasn't episode six, it was episode three. Well, however long it's been. Well, semantics. I just want everyone to get the facts. It was a while, and those things come yeah. back. That's yeah, yeah, what's yeah, important. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. No, it's, it's all good. But <laughs> you, you, you run into this mofo, and there's this epic showdown between Harbeck and the dragon rider. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it takes place sort of like, I almost got like a Wild West or right. a yeah. spaghetti Western me too. vibe. Me too, me too, me too. At high noon. Yeah. And Harbeck like, did about all of it by the time we got there. There wasn't really much left to yeah, do. You, were... you killed some fucking rolls. Yes. Who was it that one-shotted the dragon, though? She did. Yeah. I threw her, I threw. Yeah, I threw her up on the dragon. Yes. You threw up on the I dragon. I threw you up on the dragon. <laughs> we were riding on the Takari, and we went up along the wall or something like that, and you launched yes. off the fucking oh, thing yeah. and landed on its back. Previously. Oh, yes. yeah. Man, I'm a badass. Because you were, So <laughs> we, well, the way we kind of did it was like you had kind of started seeing the tactics of how we fought on the canyon walls yeah. and jumped yeah, yeah. and stuff, and you were like fucking stoked to do it. So we rode up on the canyon wall, and you fucking flew off. That so again is a moment that. where Ornella comes into her own yeah. and figures out her power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my my great axe. We had this great really axe. like great axe energy. This super touching and sad moment where Azakir dies. Oh my yes. god! It was like kind of heartbreaking, and I heard from a couple people that that affected them at work they were yeah. listening to yeah. this episode it affected me death affected it them. definitely affected me which yeah. is cool <laughs> i mean it was a decision from the beginning to save azakir and then like i feel responsible for this creature's this fake fucking creature's life totally not real right not, not real a little thing not even close to being real but then we have this matchup with the dragon and the dragon rider and and oh, so it's good. like purpose. Yes, it's like literally purposeful at that point. You know, that's it's like the I, only way that's going to work is if we have that yeah. ally at yeah. that moment. You know, that's yeah. why I made you that flower crown. Yeah. Well, it's and then like I still have it. The entire flowers. the entire that. mission dies. Yeah. Because that dragon destroys that village, yeah. which destroys the chance to harbor these people, which just destroys. You know, I mean, it's like you have to stop that thing. Best laid plans. Well, yeah. it, right. it in a in a way that is almost it feels to me like by accident that it turned out so cool. Um, the episode ends with uh, Orzok taking the crown as um, 
Oh yeah, Scale yeah. Father, Father. Orzok, the Red Wing. That was, was literal a, last second decision God. because it was like <laughs> was so. so cool. This is going to be really fucking weird to hear, but like the originally, I thought that the the taking of the horn of Azakir was going to be a solidify mm. my people yeah. to at least go. Okay, I'm going to rally behind. The champion. It's like Sitting Bull coming back and saying, "I've got the the pipe of the people. Let's do this." Mm-hmm. That's what the whole horn of Azakir was, and we did this. And then you split the group, and I'm like, "What the fuck's going on?" Yeah. Oh, now he's revamping Azakir, and Azakir is flying in now under yeah. control of this non Barabundi. It's like, how do I re- unite the people which, around which this to me, claim it? So that I had to me, take the step. The an, next step. An enemy of the Barabundi, a symbol, a, a symbolic enemy of the Barabundi, like Azakir, right? Right. And and the Barabundi also faced this, like what we would probably call a Western uh, uh, enemy, the the Alal, the Queendom, right? And the, the Garden of the Queen. You don't call it the Garden of the Queen. No. You don't call yourselves half orcs. No. You know all of these cultural points of division, and all of a sudden these things come crashing together in this battle, and. I just man, for me, it was the point where um, Jason and everything that he he had brought into the mission, and uh, you about knocked it over twice. So I'm just I'm feeling it. The <laughs> fuck paper towels ready. Where was I going with this? the The idea that the 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 thing that you thought was your enemy is actually your greatest ally. That right. there is a bigger fucking fish to fry and you'd better get wise because if you fuck up here and try to mess with this small potatoes you're gonna miss out on the bigger battle right man right yeah man well and i always saw that like the the thing with the spine hunters and azakir in particular was never a thing about enemy versus non-enemy or food versus predator or anything it was just like they're a natural group. That's why yeah. it's like when you... Sl- it's like being mad at the rain. Well, yeah, the, like a the, the name Azakir yeah. comes from an honorific of your culture. Correct. And it's like, so the whole thing is like... Actually, it's your it's your culture saving itself. It's the... You know, that is part of us. It makes sense at that point. But yeah. it's like the idea that a, a dwarf was writing right. it was no one in a, a lol. <laughs> no one in a lol knows Azakir. Fuck no. No one gives a shit. But anything that survives this rebirth will know Azakir. Right. For sure. If there is one. So we're back. We're down to our last episode. And um, we see a a lot happens um, in the aftermath of the attack from the Dragon Rider. So find out that Ortic has died. Yeah. um, Which is super heavy. Yeah. But I think, again, it gives so much characterization to Orzok that it's... Man, it was such a good... We had dealt with loss previously in the show. This felt more personal. Mm-hmm. It felt more impactful. And it had yeah. a real mechanical value to the story. Yeah. Yeah, it really kind of solidified this union of people finally coming together. Because we used the the funeral or the that celebration of his life to actually become the... the it, it was the final all-hands-in... Of the ally, you know, of the ally group. That was when we got our group. stuff, right? It's yeah. when we got our yeah. stuff. It's when we sell. We did. We combined the tra- traditions of all the northerners and all the southern. It was really fucking cool. Yeah, it was, it was well played. It was rad as fuck. Yeah. Um, I, that's again one of my favorite episodes. We we saw so Azakir had died in the saving of the Barabundi. 
or in the killing of the dragon rider, uh, Ortic died in the saving of the Barabundi. The nest was destroyed, which was the, you know, the history of the, the Barabundi. History. So like, what, what do we do from here? And it sort of gives a, well, all we can do now Restart. is, like, is, is fight this thing, face this thing head on, which right. was the <clears throat> trope of the, um, cosmology, the snake beginning again, right? That like, the only thing you can do is the thing that you've been doing this whole time and you thought you could escape it, but you can't. And the idea that like, you know, like we've, we've talked about in the previous episode, the, the episode that kind of teed this up, that Charity's character, that Ornella is the hero and is sort of blind to the stakes and the destiny that she is ultimately to face. And yet you still know exactly where she's going to wind up. You yep. know where this has to end. And, but it, 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 it's not like it was like, Oh, been here, done that. It felt like you have to reignite the flame. You have to reaffirm all of these things and it may not work. Yeah. Right. It felt cool. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I'm responsible for it, so I'm biased, but uh, it it was like the, this is like every ending that I've ever wanted in a show is, I love tragic endings, but I love endings to shows where it's like this, I mean, this straight up felt like the end of um, Empire. Yeah. Like right before. Jedi. Like, yeah, right before Jedi, when shit gets. Uh, Are we at uh, the finale then? No, yeah. not yet. Well, I mean, technically, the next episode is the ending. But there is something very important that happened in this episode. <laughs> what is it? I my killed dear. my father. Yes. yes. Tell us a little bit about that. That was so hard. That was so hard. I kept him alive. We all tried to keep him alive for you. Not, But then I was like, no, this is done. Yeah. And you, motherfucker, Did you tried you to heal him. In the yeah. middle of the night, right? Like in the middle of the night to where he was yeah. sleeping. Yeah, yeah. I woke so up in the middle of the night and, and dark and, we, and cool. And it was dark and rainy, and he was. We made him sleep in like the the, the makeshift like stable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Basically, just like, like the in stable the dirt. with her mother. Yeah, just like, exactly. Wow. And I went out there alone. That was not on purpose, but pretty sweet. Yeah, and I went out there alone, and I I just I just wanted like the fucking truth yeah well i was like it's just me and you and you man. didn't mince words you, no it was like three lines of dialogue i feel like it was it was a short conversation yeah and then you two showed up <laughs> and davery yeah Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> fucking davery <laughs> um we're so we're we're towards the end of our time we got just a few more minutes with our deal, deal with our deal charity here before Hi. she has our sh- a show tonight. I so do. I so, want to. Well, I was going to say, I think didn't after we did our live show, we kind of talked about things and about the season a little bit at the end of it. Didn't we do that? A I little so. bit. It was a little bit. Okay. But I, this to me feels like a more holistic recap. But Oh, totally. The, but I'm saying, do we? I think the, we talked about that episode. I don't know that we need to rehash. The, the other that. thread I feel like we need to own. honor up to this point was all of the live episodes that had happened up to this point that led up to that finale. Oh, sure. We had done several live episodes at the basement, the Des Moines Social Club. Rest and, in peace. Yep. And we. Uh, you know, from the our fans supporting us, we got backing and we got equipment and we got other people to get. It basically, involved. showed us that people like cared about this. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and to, wanted like, to see a good ending. So cool. Yeah, and that finale, I mean, for me, really felt incredible because we could bring it to that level that 
we had an audience, we had backers, we had cameras, we had a map. Having had, the audience there, I was not lights, on board with that at sound, first. We had sound, we had But it was so thing, good. All of that. I, th- I think um, something we can do before, uh, so when we record the next episode of Viking, maybe we can take like a half hour and just touch on the finale. Yeah, sure. Because I think it deserves its own moment yeah, because it was definitely. so wild. A cliffhanger for a cliffhanger. A cliffhanger yeah. for a cliffhanger, the Paul Privateer story. <laughs> I want to be respectful of uh, Charity's time because she's got a very important show tonight yes, yes. and that is important too. But... Um, I'm going to give everyone a chance to like wrap up their feelings about the show, but I'm going to go first so that we can end on someone else besides me. Um, the show was super important to me. I grew a lot in doing the show. I grew as a husband, as a friend, and as a role player. It was an amazing journey to go on, and I'm excited to continue doing this uh, well into my 90s. Um, yeah. And then eventually when I take on a robot frame and am just a brain in a jar, I will yeah. continue to do this. Um, <laughs> It's oh, I've always thanked my actors for being a part of it because, like I said earlier, none of the cool moments would have would have ever been possible unless they had initiated the move to use some the move some improv speak. So that's all I wanted to say, and that was my little thanks. So thanks, you guys. You guys are cool. I love you, Paul. I love you too. Does anyone else have any thoughts on Awakening before we shut her down? Please go. I'll go for me. I mean, you get to hear what I've gone through in my life, but just like the rest of us, that <laughs> I've gone through some changes, and uh, those things probably would not have been possible if I hadn't had this thing that brings me to a table with smart individuals who are committed to their play and want to, to tell a great story. Even if you feel like your real life isn't anything spectacular and you want to check out there's always this little pocket dimension that you can dip into and create stories with your friends and create those stakes. And if you put the time and the energy into it, you will get that payoff. You absolutely will. And that's enough of a reason to stick around. So for me, this was, just like I think everyone else, a chance to grow and change and figure out what I'm about and uh tackle my own demons and uh, you know otherworldly creatures your own beguilers (laughs) exactly so uh you know this this was really the first time i got to play dnd was with this group and i'm extremely privileged that i got to play with such talented people and to tell such a great story that hopefully resonated with with the listeners so i'm i'm gonna be grateful forever Mm. thanks tim Mm. yeah uh i don't mean to sound like a broken record but uh, it really was a, the same deal for me. There was uh, there was a lot in my personal life that happened over the course of recording yeah. this uh, at this show, and uh, it was it was really crazy. And uh, <laughs> and again, like both of you said already, like if I didn't have this, I don't know what kind of person I would be right now. Uh, but this, I didn't know that I needed it until I had it. And now, like, you have to, will have to pry this out of my absolute <laughs> cold, dead fingers. So, cool. Thanks, Charity. So, Paul, after hearing this, I feel like the next show ne- needs to be called Touchstone. Because it's like, this is a, seems to be a touchstone for everybody to come back to, you know, it's like mm-hmm. who would think that getting into a fantasy realm with people 
is the reality <laughs> stone that you need every once in a while yeah. to kind of reset your actual life. Um, you know, for real, it's That's so so true. Yep. Yeah, I, and and not not to sound old, but I'm old. <laughs> So my life is very different than you guys. So I've already been, I've been through that stage that you're in. And, but what I like is that this venue of this kind of gameplay and this kind of stuff allows generations of people to come together and unite and talk and be involved. And, you know, um, I don't know how to say that other than like you know I don't don't be an Pass old person on the story. Don't be afraid to be an a, an old person to hang out with young people and stuff. They're not <laughs> scary. In fact, they're way fucking smarter than you are. That's um, for sure. and by the way, every millennial I've ever met is more hard working than any fucking boomer I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> um no, so I for me what it for this thing is uh, it's a it's the passion of developing something, a story and helping getting told but uh, I've played D&D forever. I love it. I'll never stop. And the fact that I can do it with people that are fast and quick and smart and that allow me to come in as a non-person that's been in that genre or working in those environments to do that is pretty cool because I felt like I was like I had to fucking step up. Oh, you stepped. And you I think brought. we all did. Yeah, well, but you know we what I mean? It's that. like you guys yeah. are fucking quick-witted and you're improvers and stuff and I'm just a fucking guitar player. And... You know, whatever that is, but yeah, I, I'm ready to do this for like ten more seasons. Fuck yeah! Yeah, yep. Yep. yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm living around here at least till sixty five. So, <laughs> was this so? It's a lot faster than you think for my age, but for oh. what you. But anyway, I'm around for a bit. So let's do this. Alrighty, uh, that's been all of us with Des Moines and Dragons. Uh, thanks for hanging out and listening for this whole thing. Um, again, thank you to everyone who has listened to us and found the dumb stuff that we've talked about entertaining because we appreciate it. So have a great night. Have a great rest of your lives. Have a great rest of your lives. Have life. a great fucking, like, go get le- laid. Rest of your, yeah, go have go sex. Get, go get high. <gasps> Bye. 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 part of the people that helped me get here. You hear your father come, he says, there they are, there, the ones that tried killing the prince. And you would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for these meddling guild members. I reach out and touch the dragon face. You sit 
and like something sticks you right in the butt. Varen Toyed. Toyed. Why, that's me. So, you found yourself in a bit of a pickle. With my chin up and my throat exposed, I wait for the owlbear. Like, as I, I remove his head. Oh, this is a very good party. Uh, folks, uh, the queen throws a mighty fine banger. You recognize the claw of a crab creature. I'm going to rip my green shirt off. Let's get the fuck out of this hole. <laughs>